Welcome to the Reimagine Podcast, a podcast that seeks to reimagine faith and life in the community as we link, learn, and live together. I'm Greg English, along with Brad Hoffman and Brian Dupuy. Today, on episode 98, we talk with Stephen Brewster on the importance of creativity in our lives and the life of the church. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Hello. What's happening? Hey. Howdy. <laughs> 98, we're not, creeping. Not, yep. we, we're it's creeping not, towards it's not 100. 98 outside. No, no, no not this it's, week. It's been hey, yeah. not tonight either. Dropping from 61 week. to 38. Yeah, yeah. Here's the deal on this: the, the groundhog, it died. Oh no! <laughs> it revived my soul when it saw its shadow yesterday. You know I love yeah. winter. Yeah, I, I'm a cold nature person. Yeah, are you? In my sacred yeah. journal yesterday, I actually said I need six more weeks. Yeah. <laughs> The Lord has answered. Not, yes, I did. Not. Did you really? Yeah, and today I drew a picture of the groundhog what is, celebrating. What's secret about that? Yeah, why would you pray Six that? Because I love cold weather. <laughs> like when the heat, when the heat of summer comes, I am depressed. Now you know I, I lived in the Arab world. I can handle one thirty in a dry climate. Sure, yeah. but sure. the humidity of Virginia and other places just yeah. like I, I, it tanks my soul. Yeah, I'm rejuvenated, revived by cold, chilly days. Yeah. I talked to my dad yesterday in the suburbs of Chicago, and uh, yeah, he sent me pictures. It's yeah, it's got, brutal. Yeah, it's yeah, brutal. They dumped. They're they hunkered dumped. down. Yeah, yeah. They'll all be out tomorrow. You know, it, it's why I live yeah. in the Virginia cold. Oh man, it's, it's yeah. just snow half an inch, and you don't go to work for a week. Yeah, it's or great. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's, it's nasty. So, it's nasty. Yeah, outside it's cold, but anyhow, uh, yes. other things happening. Like um, yeah. I had the tune in my mind. I just can't get it out. But the old Olympics have started. Yes. I watched a little curling last night. Did you? Mm. Yeah. Well. The American team uh, played the Australian team and then played the Italians. And there's, you know, curling's really great. It is. No, I love it. I mean, you're shaving that ice and working it down, you know, and yeah, it's awesome. I'd love to try it one time. Yeah. I wish, once, I wish the ice skate rink did that. In, oh, would do in that. the area would do that one yeah. time just to give people a feel for it. That'd be great. Yeah. You're listening to Curl Up. <laughs> the only curling podcast. Yes. <laughs> Curl Up. <laughs> oh, we got to do a spinoff. Every good podcast has a spinoff of another podcast. It's true. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. We become a network one. You got to do multiple ones. It's true. That's so, true. you know, when we were at Tang and Biscuit, yeah. you know, playing um, shuffleboard, uh-huh. that was the closest feel I, you know, I had of that. But yeah. that was really fun. Yeah. So the Olympics are starting. Yeah. I think that, you know, well, I don't, I know they're in Beijing, by the way. And several years <laughs> ago, um, I was in Beijing and I think, um, must have been 2006, 2007, two years prior to the Olympics where it first happened there. Yeah. And man, we went over there and we did some sports development work and how great it was to play table tennis. Mm-hmm. You know, within the Asian culture, I thought I was good. You know, I you lasted thought. one serve. <laughs> right. That was it. But it was great. And then all they built all those complexes. And now to see it back there, and I'm like watching, oh, they're, the, they're using the same complex again. And oh, that's cool. Things like yeah. that. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. So, of course, yeah. Um, tomorrow, so tomorrow, uh, no, this morning, Friday, uh, is the grand, was grand opening. And then mm. tonight, they'll show them live or recorded from the live show tonight. So, yeah. You watching? Uh, we typically do. Now, I like to watch on a bit of a delay because when like the parade of nations comes through, yeah, 
I like to fast forward through that a little bit. It's, <laughs> it goes on. There's there's a lot of nations, a lot of nations to get yeah. through. I like to see each one. I right. recognize right. them just right. at, at like at two times the speed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Just to move them through. That's uh, all. It's like that's the all. unveiling of the uniforms, though. You know. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and tonight yeah. they're wearing such and such. Yes. You know, and like who's got yeah. whatever. And I noticed. I did notice the curling team, U.S. team, is wearing Columbia gear. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. I pay attention mm. to all that stuff. Yeah. 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 So did you get your Washington Commanders? Gear? No. And I'm highly disappointed. I'm <laughs> sorry. sorry to about I'm highly gear. <laughs> I'm highly disappointed. I, I am um, sensitive to all the uh, Washington um, football team fans. Yeah. Yes. But uh, highly disappointed. They had two years and there's too many speaking today with, with Steven, I might just ask him, there's too many creative people out there yeah. to reveal what they revealed. Uh huh. Yeah, it was kind of blah. It just says yeah. It was not. It's not the same character. I think that's when we were looking. Because we were watching the Wizards last night, and they won, which was yeah. good. Yeah, okay. but uh, but no, I was thinking. I was thinking like I was expecting something like a little bit more. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I still go out and buy my shirt. So, um, but anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, will. I, I have a joke for that, but I'm unsure whether I can say that or not. Yeah, well, so I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I can't wait to see what jersey you're going to have. Are you going to put Hoffman on the back? Of uh, no, ah, no, come you on. Know no. that, uh, yeah, so you yeah, know the deal. I, like I love what Cowan yeah. Coward says: No man should enter any bar or restaurant wearing another man's jersey with the other person's name on the back. Yeah, yeah. like it's yeah. a no-no, dude. Yeah, you don't do that. Stop. Yeah, don't do that. I'm, no name on the jersey. Okay, you know? you're so good. Yeah. I just want that. But uh, yeah. but yeah. Great lead into creativity, though. Yeah, very good. Ex- excellent. <laughs> wow. We need some creativity. We are, we are highly trained professionals We, we hope somebody's listening today. Yes. Yeah. Creativity. Yes. Right? The transitions it's on this thing. Hey, it's powerful. Magical. Magical That's because he just didn't have much to say. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, he, he's, he doesn't want to talk about the Olympics. Go he's, Wizards, yeah, man. Yeah, Go yeah. Wizards, man. That was a yeah. great game, man. That was, was did it? you watch it? No. No, you no. shut up. It's great. No, just... If they play the Bulls. Last second. Like they play the Pelicans? No, did they really? Yeah, last second. Oh, Philadelphia. Yeah. Philadelphia. So, so yeah. it's good. Yeah. They're a strong team. They're I was impressed. Yeah. I, was a, I mean, there were some, yeah, some good yeah. three-pointers. So. I, was, yeah. I was watching the Capitals. They were playing the uh, uh, yeah, Edmonton Oilers. Mm, yes. Yeah. Anyhow. All right. Yeah. All right. To the podcast. Yes, right. <laughs> Today, we are excited to uh, welcome in Stephen Brewster to the podcast. He is a creative leader, and uh, he's worked with the uh, music business for years, finding uh, artists, developing albums, and leading marketing teams. From there, he moved into church leadership, serving not just uh, as a lead over creative, but also executive team and multiple mega churches across the country. One of the things I love, one of his lines that I love he shared over one of his podcasts one time was, I did not intend to go into the family business. Yeah. Uh, so I look forward to diving into that a little bit more. But when he's not working with teams on ideas and marketing or music leadership organiza- organization and volunteer development, he owes several podcasts and develops ideas and coaches on the creative. So, Stephen, thanks for uh, joining us today, all the way from Franklin, Tennessee. There you go. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. And I'm learning so much about how to banter. You guys like, yeah. you guys took me to news, sports. I feel like I need to do weather or traffic. At <laughs> yes. Absolutely. All in the first five minutes. We, we, we took you as far as our creative mass could go. Yeah. <laughs> That's five minutes. That's it. That's it right there. Uh, so, amazing. Well, thank you for joining us today and uh, participating in, in this conversation on creativity. And certainly uh, it's something then you'll dive into. To it just in regards to like uh, we people struggle with it, but why do we struggle with it? And you'll talk more about just how God's created us and wired us into we are creative people. Uh, But uh, before we dive into that, can you tell us a little bit just about your backstory and how that passion came about? 
Yeah, well, I mean, so thanks for having me. I, it's yeah. an honor to get to to be on your your podcast today and share a little bit. I uh, my my you covered the the backstory pretty well. I was a missionary kid. I kind of grew up around the world. Had a very unique upbringing, and I think that kind of changed the palette creatively for me personally. And then uh, I just I, you know I always loved creative things, and it's funny you were talking about different sports. I think that basketball is the the most creative sport because of just individual players are kind of like artists and how they they craft their game and then how it all works together with different artists to make a team and so uh, it's a lot like leadership probably but um so i was a i just loved i loved the music um i i never played music very well um but i loved music and i loved um just the the art and I love artists and it's just been, it was always so um, inspiring for me. So I went to college and ended up was a radio TV broadcast major, the intent to be Ryan Seacrest and um, <laughs> yeah. ended up, ended up dropping out of college my senior year with one semester to go, moved to Nashville to go in the music business, got to do um, some really fun things in the music business, left that to go work in church thought that was my forever job that I would be in, in vocational ministry for the rest of my life. And it was awesome. I, uh, some crazy things happened near the end of the last one of the last seasons that we were in a church and, uh, God just kind of spoke to us to, to go out and help churches. And so my wife and I have two different businesses that live under the same umbrella where we try to help people overcome being overwhelmed. And, uh, that's kind of where we're at today. So we live in Franklin, Tennessee. We have four kids, I always say not on purpose, but, um, <laughs> we, we, we adopted our son. We were told we couldn't have any kids. So we, ad- and we adopted our son, um, had a girl a, a year later and then four years later had twins. So we have a right. full house yeah. and it's, it's a crazy life that God lets us live. And every day we wake up and just can't believe that we're living the life that we live. So it's, it's really fun. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so you're walking the streets of Franklin, you, you drop yes. into your favorite local eatery, uh, Correct. and somebody, uh, it strikes up a conversation. They ask you, so, so what is it that you do? What, what do you tell them? So the, uh, the first, first answer is probably that's complicated. Um, yeah. and then the second answer would be, I'm not hundred percent sure. Yeah. And then the third answer is, uh, I do, I do two things really. I, I help. Um, churches release music. And so I help churches, big ones that you've heard of and small ones that you've probably never heard of release their music in, in the world. And so help them get their music out on Spotify and Apple and, and help them make music, help them write music, all of that kind of stuff. That's, that's a big part of what I do. Then the other part of what I do is I help churches, um, overcome being overwhelmed. So I help them with values, with leadership, with creative coaching, executive coaching, all of that fun stuff. And I love both equally um, in different seasons. God has prioritized each one a little differently as far as like, which is um, a bigger emphasis. And so I love getting to do both. And then my wife is a certified Enneagram coach and she helps people to, um, uncover and discover who God's created them to be using the Enneagram. And she's also an author and uh, has released one book and has another one coming out in March and then another one coming out next year. So our world is really kind of full and crazy, but it's awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That was great. So if you were so to I answer that question, I, I mean, that's probably the most yeah. complex question you'll ask me all day. Yeah. I love the first two answers. No simple answers. Yeah. No simple answers. I love the first you know, two answers. We're, we're all confused pastors standing in the midst of the puppet square wondering, what do I say? Yeah. <laughs> so, 100%. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I, I'm just curious, as you were talking about um, creativity, and I was thinking about you, you talking about music and arts and things like that. And, you know, I, I love going to the, uh, the Virginia Arts Museum and, and I'll just sit and I'll just look at paintings and I'll think about creativity or I'll, I know, Brad, you listen to music in the office or I'll put on a certain genre of music in my office, which is probably leans more towards classical or piano driven or things like that for like creative moments. What, uh, what is it for you? What's your favorite creative space? Like if you say, I, I just got to sit down and be creative. What, what, did, what's the yeah. atmosphere of that? So for me, it would be when I feel the least creative, where do I need to go to get refueled yeah. creatively? Um, and, and for me, music's a big part of that. So I will have music on and then, and being outside and moving, um, taking a walk, being in, in nature somehow. And I'm not like, I, I don't belong in Portland or Eugene, but I definitely love being outside. I think that there's something that God did in creation that refuels us creatively. And so just seeing what he's done and, um, you know, there's, there's so many truths about creativity that, like changing the canvas. So going someplace, maybe I don't always go or driving a different route to get there. Um, listening to a different kind of music than I normally listen to. All of those things are actually triggers that, that, that rejuvenate your creativity. Cause at the end of the day, we were actually all called to be creative. So unfortunately some people, as soon as you said, well, as soon as you said I was on the podcast, they turned off. But then when you said that it was about creativity, they turned, they turned tuned off. Right. And I, and what's sad is that, I believe God called all of us to be creative and, I, and and I think it can be supported scientifically and biblically. And, um, unfortunately some of us had the creativity programmed out of our lives early on in life. And we stopped doing the exercises and the work to stay creative. Yeah. And, um, it's just so sad because whether you, um, whether you are an accountant or a songwriter both of them have the necessity to be creative creativity at its most basic level is solving problems or coming up with solutions, having an idea. Right. And so if you've ever had an idea or solved a problem, you've been creative. And some of us have leaned into being to doing that more frequently than others, because we didn't buy the lie that none of us were meant to be creative. So it's interesting on that, that maybe we did. So you just define creativity as solving problems. uh, And um, what was the second one coming up? coming up with solutions, solutions to those having, having ideas or solving problems basically. But, but we probably grew up thinking creativity is you had to do something artistic or, or or an object of, of creativity or something. Not that, I like that. You just right told there. me I'm the most creative person around because I do a lot of problem solving. Yeah. <laughs> you have, you definitely have the ability. Actually, I don't solve problems. them. I just, just embellish them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I well, feel so big, good about this now, you know? Yeah. Uh, there is a big difference between being creative and being an artist. Right. Mm-hmm. And so being an artist is one thing that's very unique, uh, but being creative is, an, is a, a gift from God that's accessible to everyone. Mm. Yeah, because so. I remember early on in my education when we would do our art time and I saw what I was coming back with compared to what other children yes, were yes. coming back with. And and I, I remember thinking, uh, oh, yeah, well, I'm not 
I'm not as creative, you know, like I don't have that. Like I look back and think about that time and think, ah, see, I'm not a, I'm not an artist. Like I'm not, I'm not creative. Uh, I think we do tie those things in, in to a very narrow channel. Um, yeah. and, uh, and we, we miss, we miss by narrowing the channel. We, we miss the, the open ocean, like yeah. that's in front of us that we, we really are. Yeah. Yeah. Very well, good. Creativity is muscle. Creativity is muscle, not magic. Right. And mm-hmm. so, the more exercises you do to, to increase and grow your creativity, uh, the more creative you become. And when you start to buy that lie that you were, you're not allowed to be creative or you're not as creative as everyone else, you stop doing those exercises and thus those muscles deteriorate. Mm. So when you talk about that muscle, creativity is muscle, not magic. Um, do you have examples? Like what are some of the exercises Oh gosh, that, I have a lot of help. them. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of them. We're here all like day, man. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you guys had very important things you wanted to talk about, and I feel like I've steered our direction no, a little bit. No, so no, I'll just give you, good. Yeah. I'll just give you a couple give really quick. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And and I think there, you know, there I've probably over the course of my life defined twenty or so that are really really core, but but I think that there's there's a handful that are basic for everyone, right? So the first one. Uh, the first one is um, changing the canvas. You know, I think you have to change your canvas frequently. We become numb to to monotony or routine, right? So routine is kind of like novocaine to creativity. So if you, here's what I suspect to be true of you guys, okay? You get up about the same time every day. You've got a process for how you get ready to leave your house. You get in your car, you drive the same pathway to work. When you get in your car, you turn it on. When you turn it on, um, it's on the radio station that you left it on. If it's a Christian station, it's playing DC talk from 1997. <laughs> if it's a non-Christian station, it's playing the same song as yesterday. You back, you back out of the driveway, drive the same route to work. You get to work, you park in or near the exact same parking spot. You grab your, your bag, you walk past the exact same people you walk past every morning. You avoid that person. You always try to avoid, you sit down at your desk and open up your computer. And that's how you start your day. Well, there's nothing creative about that. Right. And you've become, you've almost become robotic in what you do. So changing your canvas can be as simple as changing the dial on the radio, listen to something you don't normally listen to drive a different route to work, park in a different spot. Instead of going to your office first thing, go to a coffee shop or go to a different coffee shop than you normally go to. Or if you work in a church, go work in the auditorium or the lobby instead of your office. If you really want to jack somebody up, beat them to work, sit down in their desk in their office and refuse to get up when they arrive. Yeah. Hey, I'm giving takers to my office. Y'all come (laughs) with your feet up, laid back. Oh yeah. So so that's a really easy one. That's a really easy one. That's the, that's the, the, like change, change your canvas. Right. Uh, this, uh, another one would be, um, creating playlists. Music creates mood. And so every time that you choose, you do not listen to your classical station that you have on in your office when you are in the gym doing your workout, right? You're listening to much more aggressive music, whatever exercise you're working on as a task, you should also be creating a a soundtrack that mirrors that energy. So if you're in the kids ministry and you're listening to Eminem while you're creating the, the kids product, 
that may not be the right vibe. (laughs) Don't miss your chance to blow. (laughs) Yeah. You may want to go a little more wiggles. Okay. Um, If you're working in student ministry and you're listening to Yanni's greatest hits, none of your kids are listening to Yanni's greatest hits. Okay. So that's what's wrong with culture. Come on. Yeah. Live at the Acropolis. What's so amazing is that in our society today, we actually have access to every song ever through whatever you're streaming, uh, streaming system of choices. You can create a playlist that mirrors the mood of absolutely anything that you're doing. And we're very intentional about this on Sundays, right? Like we create a, a lobby soundtrack. We create a worship set. That's going to create an atmosphere. Music has the same ability. Why are we not as intentional on Tuesday as we are on Sunday to, to create environments that, that thrive, you know, Mm -hmm. the last one is the most easy. And I told you, I'd give you three. There's, there's a lot more, but the last one is just keep your antenna up. You would be surprised how many amazing ideas pass you by that you allow to pass by just because you weren't paying attention. Hmm. And really that's a stewardship issue. And I've had, uh, I, I always tell the story. I have a friend, he writes songs. I live in Franklin. So, you know, those are usually called baristas, but this guy <laughs> writes songs that actually people actually listen to. And uh, we're at lunch one day and his daughter says something. He's like, man, that's a great song title. And his son says something. He's like, man, that's a great song lyric. And this happens a couple of times. Finally, his daughter's like, dad, does everything have to be about the song? And I'm like, sweetie, let it be about the song. It's going to pay for your wedding, for your car. For college, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and so later on that day, we're sitting down and I ask him, I was like, hey, tell me about that moment. And he's like, well, he's like, my job is to always be looking for that next inspiration that God's given me. Mm-hmm. And when I don't keep my radar up, my antenna, when I'm not paying attention, I miss the opportunity to capture that moment. And I was super convicted because I wondered how many times have I missed God trying to give me an idea just because I wasn't paying attention. Mm, And then I'll give you a bonus, write down every idea you have. You guys are really, really smart. You've probably had amazing ideas all throughout your life. You've probably never had this happen to you. But to me, (laughs) I've had the moment where I've had an idea and I'm like, this idea is so good. I'll never forget it. 15 minutes later, I cannot remember the idea. You guys have never had that happen to you before. I know, but I have. (laughs) So I think that we're responsible. If God's going to give us a unicorn as an idea, we should at least be willing to write down the idea. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when you're keeping your antenna up, you should be writing down every idea you have. So those are like four really quick exercises, three and a bonus that, that I think will help anyone who's listening today, get a little more creative and a little bit more aggressive with their creativity. Mm, I like yeah, that. That's good. Yeah. That's good. good. Yeah. So let's talk about creativity in the church. Uh, why is it vital that yeah. the church um, lead out with with creativity? First, we got to go back and know that we are creative people. But talk a little bit about uh, the church leadership in terms of creativity. Why is it we're always behind um, in another organization or another company? leading yeah. the way in things. And, and typically we're a decade behind. I mean, web three is yeah. about to come out. We're still living in web one. Why, why is that? What do we need to do about such that? A, such a good point. So web three is aggressively rolling out and some churches are still afraid to stream their service. Mm-hmm. And so, um, or don't have social media. And, and honestly, I think there's two reasons um, that we, that, that we do not lead the way creatively always in the church. Uh, the first one is, Um, I think the pace that we run it, I think churches have become so programmed and they see so many things that their other churches and this one leads to the second one, but they see so many things that other churches that they admire do that they think they have to do everything. 
and they forget the thing that God called them to do. Mm -hmm. And when we're chasing every possible program, we don't have the margin to be creative. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you think about Hamilton, right, the Hamilton play, super creative, amazingly successful. They do Hamilton every night, but they do the exact same play every night. In churches, we do Hamilton every Sunday, but we do a completely different play every weekend. Hmm. Right. And so we've got to create some intentionality to, to create margin around creativity, or we're never going to lead the way create. Hmm. Like if, if, if all we do is chase the hamster, the hamster wheel, we will never ever have the margin to lead creatively. Okay. So that's the first one. Second one's comparison. It's so easy in our world today to compare ourselves. And we see every other church's highlight reel everywhere on TikTok, on Instagram, on, um, YouTube, anywhere that we turn, right? You go on discord, you see churches on discord now and you're like, man, they're doing this and this and this, and it's all awesome. So then we're like, the only way I know how to, to do that is to copy it because I have not created any margin to come up with my own original idea or to solve a problem. And what's terrible. And honestly, I would say like detrimental is we have the best story ever. Okay. And I don't mean just the story of Jesus. That obviously is the best story ever, but every week someone comes into your church and their life has changed. If we could slow down long enough to lean into that story and tell that story, well, it would be so much more important than any other creative trend that we tried to follow, Mm -hmm. but we don't allow margin for creativity because of faith. And then we fall into the trap of, of imitation instead of innovation almost weekly. Mm -hmm. So as a response to that, when I think about, let's think about the planning process or or what God's called your church to do or to be in your community based on the needs of the community and and what's around you. It is important, though, you have to study, not in comparison, but you have to study and understand culture, trends, spiritual movements, formations, things like that that come into play. How how would you how would you what would you advice would you give if you're sitting down with a, a church staff and say, all right, here's the things out here. You're not going to want to be comparative with it. You don't want to copy it, but you've got to find your own. But you do need to look at cultural studies and trends and movements. How would you advise sure. them to set up that strategic conversation to don't run the race, settle down, but yeah. plan out this way? So so I have always been in that camp of, of knowing trends, but I, I actually think trends are so transient in this in this pace of life, not even talking about church, just talking about in general, Mm -hmm. right? Trends have now, the trends expire so fast that if you're copying them, by the time you're copying them, you're almost at the end of it, Mm -hmm. right? So when I sit down with a creative team, I talk about three decision-making filters that I think are vital. The first one is what did God tell us to do? That's the very first filter. What did God tell us to do? Answer that question and then use creativity as a tool to tell that story. Okay. But what did God tell us to do is number one, number two, artistically, who do we have around the table? That's good. One team might have a really talented videographer. One team may have a great copywriter. One team may have a, have somebody who just has phenomenal ideas. I call them conceptualists. They, they may have a conceptualist who's phenomenal. Uh, we may have someone who's a pioneer. They know what's happening next before everybody else does. What, what, are, what do the team that I have, what do I have around the table? And then how can I use that to leverage, to do what God has already told us to do? And then what's the story that we're going to tell in doing that? You can make the coolest thing in the world, 
if it doesn't tell a story and connect to the mission and message of your church, it doesn't matter. It's just cool for the sake of cool. And really, a lot of times, I think the creative leader and creative team gets uh, pigeonholed with they just want to do cool stuff, which we do. But if there's not the intentionality to connect the cool stuff to the purposeful stuff, then now what we've done is created a moment where we have put our preference over our purpose and we kind of have wasted resource, time and stewardship, which then puts us back into that rat race of that didn't work. That was too cool. So now we got to go back and do something boring and lame because church X did it and it worked for them. You know, so those three decision-making filters are, are, are really, really important for any creative leader. What did God tell us to do? Who do I have around the table that I can, that, that we can lean into to be our best. And then three, what's the story that, that we connect those two things to. Either I answered that question really well. No, or really <laughs> no, yeah, you, no, you, you yeah. answered it well. Yeah. And I was just causing pause to it. Cause then I started thinking a little further down the line of what did God call us to do? But then who has God called us to do it with? Right. Right. When, when who's around and what you're But I think with. the cool part is that's where you start. Yeah. And I think sometimes we, we like to start with the idea without the connection. And so if there's a way that we can allow the, the mission, the purpose drive the idea, um, you are, your values, connecting. your organizational yeah. values and mission should drive all of your creativity. Yeah. Unfortunately for most creative teams, what drives their creativity is, What's cool? What's trendy? What's this other thing doing? Whether it's Kanye West or Elevation Worship, like <laughs> what is what 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 is happening? And and creativity creativity was not intended to be that. Creativity is a vehicle to get message and purpose out. Mm-hmm. If you look at any great artist, any great thinker, any innovator, they didn't just beat the drum of creativity. Creativity, they, they used creativity as a vehicle to accomplish something else that they were trying to do. And unfortunately, in most of our churches today, creativity has become the thing or the department as opposed to the tool to share the real message, which is the most important thing. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Um, you were talking about individually. One of the things you practices is is just being aware, paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um and then doing that as a church, you know, how, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how are we paying attention? What, what are the relationships that we're developing in which we hear the ways in which God is moving within our context and community, which is going to be a little different than others. And then being able to, to tell that story, uh, in a, in a creative way. But, but again, it comes back down to, am I paying attention and am I in relationship? You know, um, sometimes, uh, if we pull away from, from the, the community we're a part of, we lose some of that opportunity to see the ways in which God's working and then how we can, uh, come alongside that, uh, creatively, um, to, uh, share that with others. Yep. But, and again, creativity is the, find the solution mm-hmm. and the questions and the ideas, but the question, but what we're trying to be creative about is answering the message of the gospel of transforming people's lives. And I was thinking about, man, the attractional model in the nineties, we really got sucked into that. Didn't we? That was creative, right? <laughs> uh, well, so I think here's the interesting thing. I think that God is so creative 
that he's created so many different types of people Mm -hmm. that he had, that he was like, Oh, now watch me create all these different types of church to reach these unique people that I've created. Okay. And so I don't, this is somewhat sometimes unpopular. I don't necessarily think that wherever the pendulum is swinging in, in culture, church culture, whether it's swinging, you know, hyper presence, charismatic focus or hyper, um, attractional seeker focused. I don't know that either one of those is wrong. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a space for both of those. The, the, the truth is you have probably a little more space for, um, programmed creativity on one side than on the other. Right. But the, the, but both require creativity because innovation has to happen in both spaces. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, if, if you're answering that very first question, what did God tell us to do? If God told us to reach unchurched or, or de-churched people, that helps point us in the right direction. If God told us to create a place for his presence to reach the people that respond to that message, then that drives the, the direction that we're going to create in. And so really you're, yes, you're all right. We, we were able to be a little more creative, creative, but we could do like covers of, pop songs in church. Whereas over here, maybe we wouldn't have done that. But at the end of the day, again, that's a, that's a symptom of creativity, but that's not the the core of creativity. You know, as you're talking, one of the things that strikes me and maybe I'm completely off base here, but I think it is creativity invites intimacy and it Mm -hmm. invites intimacy with God in who he's called you to be and what he's calling you, the mission to be not to imitate something else down the road or imitate, Mm -hmm. but what is the unique calling? What is the unique gift? What is the unique presence that you have? And so part of that process is discerning that. And that's where it all kind of begins in a way. Maybe I'm totally off base. It begins begins as a personal creative, right? So like if I'm not spending time intimately with God myself, how am I able to, to connect to what he wants to do creatively for my church or my community or my profession or whatever it is. So you're a hundred percent right. It starts with God. I'm going to do the the work today. I'm going to do the exercises today, but ultimately I need you. Mm. And, and, and what's, what's a little disheartening for me is I see the number of my friends who are no longer in ministry or burn out on ministry because they started doing church as a profession and they stopped living life with a creator. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's a, that's a really painful thing. And so, um, cause the if driver, you're a creative person, you have to stay with the creator. Yeah. Yeah. The driver becomes a metrics rather than a relationship. And, 100%. Yeah. So, wow. Wow. Those are two Tense points right there. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, that's, that's, that's the, that's where people are. And Mm -hmm. especially this post, we're not only post COVID, but we are in a way we're at the end of this pan. Well, we're still in the pandemic, but it's just part of this. I've sat, had lunch with a pastor yesterday. That's just in that space of, um, I've been in this place for X number of years and I'm just in a routine and he's taken a sabbatical to kind of get creative again, but it invites the intimacy piece. And so it's the formation. Mm-hmm. So that's the conversation we were having, which yeah, is powerful. I, yeah. 2022 is welcoming in the stabilization of the reality. This is where we are now. Yeah. And there was unknown where to go, unknown conversation. What are we trying to do or whatever? And and now we're back to, well, we've sat for two years per se or struggle with it because inconsistencies and 
and it, it's we've been we've been running fast to try to come up with the solution or the creative answer to engage people or, or whatever that may be. And uh, so I think 2022 will be more of a stabilization. This is where we are now. What has God asked us to do? And how do we go well, so go forward with that? To, to your point, to your point, okay, COVID happened. We couldn't go to church anymore. So we stopped all those programs that we had that we that we had to do to be successful. Some of them should have stopped, stopped all of them. <laughs> right. Well, the fact is, half of them we should have never restarted yeah. because they weren't working anyway. Yeah. Right? Yeah. right. But in that moment, we stopped doing all that stuff. And you saw the church start to innovate again. Mm-hmm. You saw the church come up with new ways to tell the story, new ways to tell the message, new ways to share, new ways to connect with their community, to connect with their church community. But they're they're also their community. We got really creative and innovative in that space. So we stopped. We we were forced to stop mm. doing what we had done for 50 or 60 years. And it created the space for us to do something fresh and new. And then everybody, depending on where you live in the country, your masks came off and your doors came open back up. And now we're doing it exactly the same way we were in, mm. in 2019. <laughs> and we just... We just literally wasted a pandemic, right? Like we had this whole thing that we could have completely pivoted how we do ministry. And I'm not saying forego in-person greeting gatherings. I actually, that's biblical. I'm a hundred percent for it. But have we paused yet and said, what did we do before that didn't, we lost no momentum because we weren't doing for a year when we weren't open that we just started doing again because somebody cared about it or it's what we do as opposed to it's effective. Mm-hmm. And everything that we say yes to the creative team has to create something for everything that we say yes to. And so the minute we say yes, we just said no to something else. And unfortunately, a lot of times we're saying no to innovation and new ideas because we're saying yes to the quilt ministry and the pumpkin ministry. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's right. Uh, I, I'm going to need to change my I just, canvas. I just lost, <laughs> I just lost my invitation back. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. No, we're, you're guaranteed uh, two visits. Oh, yeah. This is a follow-up. This is a follow-up podcast. I can't believe Brian didn't already tell you this. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to change my canvas for a couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. You should. Yeah. I'm pretty, I, I will say, I am I'm. I do try to do those things. And I'm, I mean, I'm a drifter like that. So you were, you were describing the drive to work, and I'm thinking, okay, I have three ways I can go to work. And so I mix it up. I don't actually make the decision on which way I'm going to work until I'm in the car, in the parking lot, you know, at the, at the condo. So it's like, yeah. it's kind of like one of those things. So, and then I can mix it up whether or not I get coffee. And so it's like some days I do, some days, you know, it's like it's one of those, but it is part, it does change your perspective when you pull into the parking lot here. Yeah. You know, just well, the difference. It, you're hundred percent right. So everybody says, well, when I went on vacation, I had so many more ideas than when I'm at home. Yeah. Well, it's not because you went on vacation. There's not some mysterious ether in the airplane that <laughs> when it lands in Cancun, all of a sudden you become Picasso. Yeah. You just are seeing things different. You're feeling things different. You're smelling things different. You have different stresses. Like the canvas changes so much that new perspectives provide new opportunities for new ideas. And now instantly you're like, Oh, I noticed this. I noticed this. I noticed this. And then you go home and you're like, man, I'm so creative. And then you fall back into that routine and the routine, there's nothing wrong with routines except for that. They do suck the creativity out of you. So one thing I would challenge you, if you have three routes to work, find a fourth. Mm -hmm. 
That's like a long way out of the way. Come on down. Yeah. No. Come on down to the no, city no. and meet me for coffee. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No. As you were no, saying you could, that. Because they're different. Yeah, I could, yeah. I could find a fourth. Yeah. yeah. And a fifth and a sixth. Yeah. As you were saying that, Steve, I was thinking about uh, um, you did a podcast on, on normal and how we've bought into this idea of normal. But that idea of normal messes up this space of trying of doing things differently. There is no. We weren't called to be There's normal. No normal. Yeah. yeah. We were called to be a peculiar people, mm. a holy nation, a royal priesthood. None of those words sound normal to me, mm. right? But normal is easy to measure. Normal is easy to manage. Normal is easy to control. Mm. Um, and normal is easy to cover our butt so that our pastor thinks that we're doing what we're supposed to, mm. right? Mm. And the truth is, is that friction and innovation and freshness actually scares a lot of people. Right. And so when we can create a normal and put it in a box and know that this is safe, let's do that. Well, you can do that and that's fine. But if you want the fullness of what God has for your life and you've got to be willing to lean into, to breaking the norm sometimes to, to, to challenging normal, to challenging the status quo. And every personality type has a different way that they, they navigate this. And, and, and I'm not saying because of the way I'm wired, this is the right way. I think that God has created a, a God's created a place in all of us, regardless of, of how we're wired to, to want to experience him in a new and fresh way. And then to be able to share that and express it and tell that story in a, in a really fun way. And it may be fun in the, your fun and my fun might look different, but you still have to challenge the norm. You still have to confront the routine. You can't be, you can't live in comfort and growth. They, they don't, they don't simultaneously exist. That's good. I, I love him, Paul. My, my verse, I, I love him, Paul in Romans says, you know, I don't want to be building off another man's foundation. I want to be on the point mm-hmm. of going there. And right. you can see he went from demolishing the church to growing the church, mm-hmm. but yet he was always out and always out in front going against that, you know, and, and I think that's that, that verse has always been powerful for me, and and it spurs me on and gets me in trouble in the same at the, yeah. <laughs> at the same time. Um, but yeah, just really, really good thoughts. So um, appreciate you being on the podcast today. How is it that people can connect to you and and visit your website or listen to your podcast and kind of engage further? Yeah, that's great. Thank you. So uh, next season of my podcast will launch in a couple of weeks here. Um, Stephen Brewster leadership and creative podcast. Um, and then the best way to, to, to get connected is, is through, um, Instagram, uh, B underscore R E W S T E R. And then from there you can get to TikTok and you can get to my website and you can get to everything else. But, but that's the, that's the easiest and most accessible. Well, very good. Thanks yeah. for being on, on the show today. And I uh, yep. can't wait to see the creativity of Brian Dupuy come out after <laughs> no, this. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's going to take him six hours to get to work, but he's going to be there. He'll be live, there. He'll get there. And I live 30 seconds away. That's, yeah. the, that's the thing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Thanks so, for having me. Really, yeah, really man. No, this has been great. Me. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Absolutely. So thank you for listening to the Reimagine Podcast. As always, you can follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, and download any of the episodes and rate them. And check us out on the Reimagine imaginecast.com website so for brad and brian i'm greg thanks for listening to the reimagine podcast
Thank you.